Friday. Work is done, the week is over, and now you can get out of your tight pants and into your leisure suit. The Leisure Experiment is your one-hour sonic martini, served at 7 o'clock sharp. WCBN brings to you the finest selection of hi-fi hits. In full color. Tune, Tune in Fridays at 7 p.m. Well, uh, good evening. It's a little after 6.30 p.m. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The program is called Gray Matters, the weekly news and media show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim DeWire. And we're dealing with a little bit of uh, rain and drizzle out there. It's strange how we're going to have a warm-up this week. Sorry for the uh, fish in the percolator there, musically speaking, there at the uh, intro as well, a little... Moment before the uh, programming situation was straightened out. Yeah, well, it's all under control. We won't use the word snafu. <laughs> That's a military term from the Second World War. You figure it out. It's now become part of American lingo. Uh, well, you know, this was a very bizarre week. I guess we can talk a little bit about uh, Alabama. Uh, just because it's such a fascinating uh, development that uh, the Democrats have actually won the Senate seat there. Um, Trump, of course, uh, the next day had to revise history and claim that... I was right. See, I told you. I've been right all along. (laughs) Not too sure what that was all about because... He doesn't seem to grasp the idea that other people might remember the the crazy things he said already. Well, I was reading something about his diet uh, this past week. Oh, yeah, it's not good. It's fairly, fairly amazing. It makes uh, Elvis Presley look like he was on a health food kick. Well, apparently for lunch, he regularly eats two Big Macs, two fish sandwiches from uh, good old Emmy, uh, Mickey D's, and a chocolate milkshake. Yikes! <laughs> the thought of that combo of food... Is uh, explains a lot, I'm afraid. Indeed, it does. But uh, we won't uh, talk about uh, Mickey D's on gray matters. But anyway, the uh, the Alabama uh, Senate race was just fascinating because uh, yeah, there were twenty two thousand write in votes, and Roy Moore uh, somehow still got forty seven percent of the vote, and uh, obviously. The devastating comments about slavery, his connections to the Ten Commandments, no coherent message. He was trying to run on Trump's coattails. I don't think that worked. Uh, We don't need to go into pedophilia. Uh, Roy Moore can deal with that in the future. (laughs) Who's riding sassy now? He's riding sassy now, and I don't know. I was reading that Blake... uh, 
Ferenthold is not going to run for re-election, but is going to uh, stay in the United States Congress. He apparently is into threesomes. So Trump, Ferenthold, and Roy Moore, go for it. It's a scary thought. Well, just have plenty of eggnog on hand. That a full festive effect. Um, Big Macs. <laughs> Big Macs. Big Macs at the end of the tunnel. Well, one of the key statistics, really, the more interesting ones uh, for me out of the Alabama race was the women's vote. 98% of African-American women voted for Doug Jones. That's not a surprise for a number of reasons. But what was surprising to me was that over 60% of white women voted for Roy Moore. Yeah, that's uh, pretty shocking. But uh, this is Alabama. And... Uh, you know, let's give Roy, uh, I mean, not Roy uh, Moore. It's funny how Doug Jones and Roy Moore seem like a matchup on a on a football field uh, between wide receiver and defensive back. But let's give uh, Doug Jones some credit as well. He ran a very cautious campaign, um, but it was effective at a certain level. He had legitimate bona fides uh, with the African-American community because of his involvement with... Uh, uh, prosecuting the uh, the Birmingham uh, church bombers. Uh, these were four young girls that were brutally murdered in uh, 1963. And it's it's remarkable when you stop and just take a moment and think about all of the key civil rights moments that are part of American history that are Alabama. Sure. And, of course, Selma, Montgomery, uh, m- much of the Martin Luther King Marching, so to speak, uh, was in Alabama. George it Wallace begins there. Yeah, you know the famous uh, comment uh, about segregation. Now segregation forever. Bull Connor uh, with the German shepherds and the water cannons. Uh, this is, of course, an ugly history, but it, it helped that Roy, uh, that Doug Jones got outside money. Uh, certainly, money uh, did uh, help Doug Jones win. But at the end of the day, it was also a strong ground game. In other words, there actually was activism on his behalf for a lot of different reasons. And I think that when you add in the Virginia improvement in the Democratic uh, turnout and the strategies that are being employed by the National Party under uh, Mr. Perez, who actually was quoted as saying after the election that the backbone of the Democratic Party are uh, are African-American women. Mm. And and uh, Doug Jones thanked them first and foremost in his uh, victory speech. So I think that there were a lot of legitimate uh, soft issues that Doug Jones pursued, including the economics. Roy Moore was trying to run on the coattails of Donald Trump, and that's actually probably why he did as well as he did. But uh, good riddance to him, and uh, Sassy is just going to have to remain in the barn. He did vote that way. Well, yeah, sure. By by the way, by riding his horse to the... uh, uh, experts noted that he doesn't really look comfortable on the mount, that he's not a, an experienced uh, writer. Um, I want to acknowledge one other thing that I saw on uh, television regarding the Alabama race that was profoundly moving and striking. And they were doing it was CNN showing this footage of 
people who had been uh, sort of exit polled on sure. camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a really striking uh, instance of the, of the groundswell of change regarding civil rights of a different kind for our own era. Uh, they showed a clip of a guy about my dad's age in his late 70s, big guy, looked, uh, wow, that looks just like my dad. Mm-hmm. That's just this old dude from uh, Alabama. And they mentioned that uh, he had lost his daughter to suicide uh, after she came out to the family. And watching this gentleman explain why he voted for Doug Jones, why he uh, still had terrible remorse about the terrible things that he had said to his daughter that were unkind, that were based on the religious training that he had received. Sure. And he said he didn't want people to make the same mistake that he had made and that he didn't know then what he knows now. And uh, you could see him struggling with the emotion as he told the story. And this told me that, you know, change comes slow to Alabama. And so if people like that are beginning to come around to ideas that here in Ann Arbor, we've been very comfortable and, you know, who cares if you're homosexual? It's not an issue. But there are parts of the country where people are just coming to the uh, understanding that, you know, it's okay for people to be different. (laughs) Sure. Um, And, of course, Roy Moore was was upplaying homophobia. As part of his campaign. Well, and this gentleman mentioned that, you know, and he even used the uh, Southern, you know, malaprop preversion. He said, we were told it was perversion, you know, and and that's wrong. It's not. Uh, And that was really all Roy Moore had was angry Bible hate. Right. And selective angry Bible hate to boot. Um, I think that, uh, you know, in in retrospect, I wish the Ten Commandments had been more of an issue indeed yeah. in the campaign. But I think that that was a a smart strategy by Doug Jones to just kind of avoid the culture wars. Right. Roy Moore was trying to play culture war, and I think that Doug Jones didn't take the bait. And you can say, well, he should have been a little more uh, a little more outspoken and a little a little more vigorous on the campaign. A trail, but I think that his style ended up working for him, and that is sometimes uh, important to remember. Not all of the great orators win political races. Uh, William Jennings Bryan lost the presidency three times. Bernie Sanders uh, was trounced by Hillary Clinton in spite of DNC. Uh, the role of the DNC, which which at the end of the day didn't play any role. In other words, this is voting. This comes down to the famous phrase they use in the sports world. That's why we play the That's games. Why we play the games. And, you know, somebody, I don't know if people are already hashtagging, besides Black Lives Matter, Black Votes Matter. Well, and they, that they was, made a big difference. Made a big difference. And, of course, Alabama was one of the most egregious states in violating um, uh, the civil rights act and the and the amendments connected with the civil war for years uh poll taxes were used um iq tests uh, written and writing tests the the whole gamut of of mechanisms to keep um african americans from voting in rural areas in particular and it's interesting by the way to just remember that several of the southern states still have these runoffs um, 
where there's a runoff if somebody doesn't get 50% of the vote. That is used in Louisiana and Georgia in particular in some of their state elections that cause uh, and prevent African Americans from, you know, assuming office in some of these states. So there is a kind of discouragement uh, element that I think was overcome here. In other words, Roy Mo- uh, Doug Jones, excuse me, was not afraid down the stretch to reach out to the Democratic Party nationally. Joe Biden uh, made an appearance. Cory Booker made an appearance. They, you know, this was a team effort. And I think that what's probably interesting about the uh, disarray in the Republican Party regarding Donald Trump and uh, the United States Congress, because we certainly don't know what's going to happen going forward, the tax cut uh, will probably pass this week in some form. But this is an outrageous uh, fraud that's being perpetrated on the American people. I, I think that it's a big mistake to, quote, give Donald Trump a victory uh, for the purposes of, quote, saying I won something. The fact that uh, he continues to call it a Christmas present, too, is, I mean, wow. Wow. Well, it's a Christmas present for his cabinet. Yeah, uh, indeed. It's a big box of crap with a bow on it for everybody his, else. His cabinet has uh, $61 billion of net worth. Numerous uh, members of this cabinet, by the way, have offshore uh, bank accounts that are that are uh, in stationed in places like Bermuda, the island of Jersey, uh, Panama, the Isle of Man. All sorts of places where these shenanigans are going on. I don't know if Happy Jack is uh, is living in the sand at the Isle of Man, but I certainly hope so. But well, Steve Mnuchin's waving his sheet of paper in the air. Uh, it's a it's a great tax bill. Yeah, it's going to the, be great. There's an element of yeah. There's going to be a little bit of stimulus for the middle class, no question about it, regarding the standard deduction. But well, maybe depending on what state you live in. This is an outrageous uh, realignment of of resources in the United States. Let's remember, by the way, that the uh, an international refugee uh, agency today issued a report about the absolutely pathetic response by the American federal government's um, relief efforts in Puerto Rico. We've had natural disasters this year that total 150 to 200 billion dollars, and this is called supplemental funding that the government has to come up with. We still have this incredible wildfire uh, burning out of control in in Southern California. Uh, you know, this is totally irresponsible. And if you go and check out a basic world almanac and see the effects of these tax cuts that have been uh, delivered in the past, what they do is they massively increase the deficit. They massively redistribute wealth. And in the case of both Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush, they led to banking crises as well as stock market collapses. So uh, the empirical evidence over the last uh, 30 years is unambiguous. Bill Clinton, for instance, when he came in in 1993, he had a very modest tax increase. The Republicans predicted devastation. 
It's not what happened. In fact, the deficit went under control, got under control. Uh, Bill Clinton's last four years in office, we actually ran a surplus. And the numbers are even true under Obama. You will hear all this nonsense about Barack Obama and the deficit. Barack Obama inherited massive deficits because of the financial collapse that happened in 2008 under W. Bush. And these tax cuts in the past have not produced many jobs and were being sold a false bill of goods yet again. Yeah, especially the way this one has structured into it uh, a plan down the line to pay for these cuts with diminished services that will, in effect, eat into the income of those least equipped to manage such cuts. Uh, So it gets worse and worse if you're at the bottom end of the spectrum as the years play out on this. And it's totally irresponsible. I mean, you remember, of course, that the Soviet Union was berated, mocked, attacked for having five-year plans. Those were five-year economic plans. This tax bill actually has taxes that expire in eight years. So you have, and and most of the people that are affected by what we know about this plan, quote-unquote, is that this will affect uh, working-class people but not wealthy people. As for the concept of uh, corporations or people, and people are corporations, and that what we're going to do is is create... um, the ability of individuals to become corporations, which is what this bill does, that's not going to help the economy. That, that, that's going to help uh, the accountants. And the notion, by the way, that this is contributing to simplicity, <laughs> unbelievable. This has got more complex loopholes than uh, anything that Congress has done in the last several years. It is remarkable, by the way, and I highly recommend uh, people uh, read this uh, article that appeared in the Saturday New York Times under personal business, hacking the tax plan, 10 ways to profit from the GOP bill. Fascinating stuff. Uh, Some of their recommendations. Uh, Move to New Hampshire, Alaska, or Texas. (laughs) Uh, Those are uh, states... um, that will benefit uh, because of the way they pay taxes. They don't have personal income taxes there. Uh, Consider a career in tax law or corporate accounting. (laughs) Ha ha. Um, There are other remarkable things. Get lucky with the timing of your inheritance. They write the bill makes big changes to the estate tax that will influence when it would be best to inherit a large fortune. Should one be coming your way, currently estate taxes are more than $5.5 million. They're subjected to a 40% tax, while smaller ones will be transferred with no tax at all. So what this is doing is benefiting Donald Trump and his heirs. Uh, They're going to get a massive... Uh, tax increase. One of the other ones, upgrade your private jet. Which I'm sure most of us are, in fact, contemplating. You know, like, (laughs) who's got private jets? Uh, Do we have any private jets in the house? I I mean, 
Gee, for all the populists uh, out there listening, uh, hasn't Donald Trump already assured us that the oh, this tax plan is so great, it's not, it's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me. It's going to yeah. cost me. That's what he keeps saying. And, of course, we have no idea because he hasn't shown his taxes. More, more proof that just about absolutely everything he says is the opposite of what he really means. And, of course, uh, one of the, the major critiques about this is they recommend that you turn yourself into a pass-through business. Our colleague, Neil Irwin, who writes on economics and business, is paid as an employee of the New York Times. But under the Senate tax bill, he'd be much better off turning himself into a business and collecting the equivalent of his earnings and benefits as payment to a hypothetical new company, Scribblings LLC. You know, it's obviously an invented name. Well, he's a writer. He's a professional writer who is paid as an employee by the New York Times. Ah, well, I don't know if Neil Irvin is considering that as an option, but his accountant might be recommending that he do that. Well, I think that's a reference to the the aspect of this tax proposal that taxes labor at a different rate than ownership management, which is bizarro world. It's bizarre. Income is income. It's bizarro world. And the notion that corporations that have parked all this money offshore, and I read off about five or six of them a couple of weeks ago, Apple, GE, Microsoft, on and on, basically the companies that are in the Dow. And of course, if you've been paying attention to the stock market this year, that Trump has been bragging about, it's these corporations that have gone way up in value because- they know they're going to benefit from this doggone thing. And the idea that pass-throughs are going to create jobs, it's just the opposite. You wouldn't want to create jobs if you're an LLC. You, you want to create partners. <laughs> so it, there aren't going to be employee taxes paid. And we, we have known for many, many decades now that the goal of all of this is to reform and starve the beast. This is the strategic vision of one Grover Norquist. He wants to strangle the government in the bathtub, like the baby, as he put it. Well, well, no, he... he Leaving once, aside the metaphor. Right, he once made a, a so-called joke about that metaphor, that, no, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, I want to strangle the baby in the tub. Yeah. And people were horrified that he t- took that already sort of heavy-handed metaphor kind of in a literal way yeah. still oh i'm still figuratively speaking of course but no no strangling the baby uh he's a strange fellow and, uh, and by the wielding way such cloud is is bizarre on on the the some of these recommendations uh, under the t- 10 ways to profit from the gop tax bill uh the the writers actually have things called difficult, easier, moderate, hard. Some of these things are not quite as easily done as one might think. Uh, We know, for instance, that when Kansas, the state of Kansas, uh, under uh, uh, Governor Brownback, uh, who is now uh, an ambassador at large, I don't know how large he is or what he's actually doing, Uh, The State Department seems to be in complete disarray. And how fascinating to hear Donald Trump today issue a 
strategic vision for America for the future. He declares, we are in the game, and we are in the game to win. And what that means, I have no idea. But let's remember that uh, Donald Trump was called a moron by Secretary Tillerson. By at least Secretary of State Tillerson. I I think others may have called him a moron. And how fascinating that they're complaining about bias amongst some FBI agent that's sent a private email that... Uh, called Trump an idiot. Well, that's not bias. That's telling the truth. That guy deserves a promotion. <laughs> but the Trump people are attacking this as bias, and now they're calling for an investigation into Robert Mueller and the special counsel that's investigating the whole uh, Russian disaster. That sounds like wheels spinning in the sand of despair to me because uh, Mueller's credentials are from a particularly a Republican standpoint, you'd think impeccable. Yeah. I mean, and, that's his pedigree. And of course, what they're investigating is, is not collusion. Donald Trump keeps talking about collusion. They're, they're talking about the interference of the Soviet union in the electoral process. This, by the way, is well documented uh, that, that uh, Russia in fact was doing this as, as it relates to the Brexit vote. Some of these elections, like in Germany uh, and France, there's been some interference by the Russians. These are valid issues for Western democracies to look into. And when we get more and more reports of how bots are being created on the Internet, fake uh, identities. Donald Trump talks about fake news all the time. look Look at the disaster that the Internet is becoming. You don't know who you're dealing with anymore. And they're using uh, created identities, stolen identities, imaginary people to promote, uh, quote, speech. This is very troubling. And the other troubling development this week uh, is related to net neutrality. They had a vote on the FCC three to two. All the Republicans want to get rid of it. Uh, So it's going to be phased out. The impact on the American economy remains unclear, but anybody that thinks prices are going down or this magical word, innovation, <laughs> how often do we hear that word? Well, that's uh, Jared Kushner's special province. What we have here is a failure to innovate, quoting Struther, paraphrasing Struther Martin. And, of course, we have the... Merger of uh, Disney, Disney Corporation and, and the 21st Century Movie Corporation with Donald Trump calling up Rupert to congratulate him on making a bunch of money. Keep Fox News, he urged. <laughs> he is. And if any individual has is responsible for more disasters in the last 30 years than Rupert Murdoch, I don't know who it is. He's... Behind the tabloid scene in Great Britain. He is behind Fox News and the New York Post. He owns the Wall Street Journal now. His empire is corrosive. Uh, Talk about collusion. One has to wonder when Rupert Murdoch is going to be investigated. He uh, He was a big advocate of Brexit. 
Sovereignty was his argument. So what did he do? He flooded tabloids with fake stories about the economic union of the uh, uh, and why a lot of common people in these uh, towns all over the rural parts of Britain voted for Brexit. And by the way, that Brexit is just kind of trundling along. Nothing's really happened yet. Well, sort of like the uh, Trump's recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Tillerson's already said, well, they're not actually going to put the embassy there for three more years, at least. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. And of course, it's these hidden things that are so troubling. Uh, We don't seem to have Lisa Murkowski's vote on the tax bill. Well, let's open up the Anwar uh, Alaskan uh, Wildlife Reserve that was actually set aside by Dwight Eisenhower back in the 50s for oil production. You know, as if that's going to solve the deficit problem. Uh, These sorts of things are happening behind closed doors. Mitch McConnell is a fraud. Uh, this, this process has not been open. And, of course, they're trying to rush this through uh, because John McCain... Uh, May not be with us a lot longer, you begin to suspect. 